Yeah. Why would you have news? Well, I may have just been looking at stuff. Yeah. I got random things. Yeah, I got a few random things. Thank you, Miss Person. Thank you, Miss Person. Let's do this! Hello, welcome to the McYappin Fries Movie Podcast. Hello, I'm Gavin. I'm Ian. Uh, and how's your week been? Oh, it's been good. Um, McYappin Fries is proudly sponsored by <laughs> GreenRoom136.com bags. Urban carry gear is built to last and promise a warranty for life. If you go to GreenRoom136.com and use the offer code MACYAP10. What's that? MACYAP10. Is that MACYAP10? MACYAP10. M-C-Y-A-P-10. Uh, on their store, you will get 10% off your next purchase. 10%. 10%. Sounds like a bargain. Yeah, ba- a bargain. <laughs> I can't say that without without doing Mad Max. <laughs> you know, it's like when you go, when he's, when he's, uh, in, 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 not in Bartertown. No, the third one. Oh. The third yeah, one. Bad, yeah, Bartertown. Yeah, Bartertown. Bad, it, it wasn't in Boston. <laughs> you want a bargain? <laughs> Sounds like a bargain. Sounds like a pissing bargain. Sounds like a bargain. It's not. <laughs> On this week's show, we'll be reviewing The Conjuring 2, Warcraft, Finding Dory, The Nice Guys, and the new Adam Sandler movie, The Do-Over. That's right. With all that out of the way. Mm. How's your movie been? Uh, it's it's not, not too bad. Just uh, got back from a research trip. I was in France and uh, was in was in London for a while. That's nice. Well, I was in France for a while. I wasn't really in London for, for too long, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for this uh, new project that I'm working on. Can't talk about it. It's all very hush hush. Can't can't talk about it just yet. You know, I, I you know I think I might be able to, but I just don't want to jinx anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, nah. So yeah, it's just a new new exciting project that I'm working on that uh, I'm very excited about. Should be very interesting. You taking any of the sites in London? Did you go see the Did you go to the film museum that I mentioned? Uh, no, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Moved anyway. Oh, I did. <laughs> no, because the one I went when I went there, that was the place where they had like the suits of armor from Excalibur. Right, right, right. But I was going. I was going to places like uh, the Imperial War Museum mm. and the Royal Air Force Museum. Oh, what was uh, that like? Um, I like planes. I like planes. Well, if you like planes, then you should definitely go to the Royal Air Force Museum. They've got a whole bunch of planes there. A whole bunch of a planes. A whole bunch of planes there. Uh, th- from history, like from the from the first to the uh, present. Did you take any photos? I took a shitload of photos. Oh, I didn't see any of them anywhere. <laughs> well, you, no, no, no. I mean, like for, for for research purposes, I'm not like going to be like, hey guys, yeah. <laughs> here, look at this. Um, uh, but uh, I must say, the Imperial War Museum. Is very impressive. Yeah, very very impressive. It was quite funny because like we're f- the thing that we're fo- we're focusing primarily on um, you know the, the Normandy campaign in uh, WWII. Yes, and so I was there with um, you know a couple of the uh, producers. And, you know, I'm you know like uh, I'm just sort of like at the the Imperial War, Muse- War Museum, just thinking, man, this is impressive. Do you have a sense of history? Does it? Um, did you find that the name for things? Yes, yes. Oh, the names of things yes, um, that you needed for your project. Yes, yes. But t- I, I, I can't remember it. I have to write all of it down. Yeah. Because uh, there's, there's so much terminology, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, but um, no, the Imperial War Museum was great. It was really, really cool. cool. Um, it was nice when you were there? It, we had really, really good weather until the last couple of days. The last couple of days, it just pissed down. Yeah, I heard that was summer from Ireland as well. It's like, no, yeah. it's just pissing down all the time. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. 
Uh, but that was pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so that's what I've been up to. Been back for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. So just uh, getting the last bit of the jet lag out. So yeah, so coming this way is not so bad, right? Going that way, no, going that way is not so bad. Yeah, yeah, coming 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 back is where it hits you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like you know you fall you fall asleep and you think you you've slept for like eight hours and you're like. It's just midnight. Yeah. <laughs> like you feel totally refreshed and you can't go back to sleep. I know. It's like, oh, I feel great. Oh, it looks like I've woken up early enough to maybe go go for a run. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And then you oh, wake shit. up at like seven or eight in the morning, the following morning, and you feel like you got an hour of sleep. That's right. It's midnight. <clears throat> Excellent. Yeah. Well, uh, what I've been up to is uh, I've been working with uh, IGN Southeast Asia. Yes, you have. I have. So we've been doing a little post Game of Thrones show called After the Watch. Uh-huh. Yes, what, I, I know about this. Yes, you know. Have you heard it? You're aware of it. Yes, I'm aware of it. Yeah, yeah. It's hard not to be aware of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done you. Hey. You know, the thing is, I asked you weeks ago if you wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Gemma. <laughs> but uh, yeah, luckily we didn't go with the alternate name, was, which was It's Throny Time. Because mm-hmm. that would have sucked. But uh, yeah, so you can catch us on sea.ign.com every Tuesday afternoon, usually. Awesome. And we'll talk about the re- most recent episode of Game of Thrones and shoot the shit. And if you leave comments, you can win prizes. Excellent. Are there any plans to uh, branch out into other series? You know, I don't know. Or... I want to do Talking Robot. Talk- was it Robot Talk about uh, Mr. Robot when he starts up? Oh, right, right, right. Because that'd be good. But I was thinking that myself and Chris would just do that and just talk about the sound design and the. the, the um, you know the way that someone did a video on Vimeo of just. Have the characters in Mr. Have you seen Mr. Robot? Yes, I've, I've seen the first couple of episodes. Yeah, the characters are always like dwarfed by their surroundings. Mm-hmm. Like they're always like I mean, the guy put a grid on the screen, and like the characters are always like the bottom left hand quadrant and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I was like, we just be talking about that, and forget to talk about the actual show. <laughs> yeah, happened. you know, I can't. Yeah, that might especially be an if issue. we got Chris on. He's yeah, be talking about the sound. Yeah, because I don't think Chris will be thinking about the audience. Yeah. <laughs> he'll just he'll be, be like about the audio. <laughs> he'll be thinking about the audio. He'll be pulling a mic. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What'd you think of the film? Sucked. Why? Audio. Yeah. But what'd you think of the story? I didn't watch the Who cares about the story? I couldn't fucking hear it. I couldn't couldn't understand a fucking word. The audio mix was off. (laughs) So. So yeah, you can catch that on IGN. Um, Yeah, we'll start off with some news. All right. Um, Yeah, news. Well, I mean, uh, this, this, I just uh, read this today that I thought this was uh, quite interesting. I didn't know that Joe Carnahan was making a, a, a NARC TV series. No, I didn't either. Um, but apparently he is. Netflix? And, uh, uh, no, it, oh. they're, they're, they're going to be uh, shopping it around, I think. They don't have a network yet. Okay. Uh, but Eminem is uh, going to be producing it and writing original music for it. It's a new thing. Like, yeah. uh, what's his name? Timbaland does all the music for Empire, right? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Although, I haven't seen Empire yet, have you? First season's good. Second season wobbles. Right. The right. soap opera elements go completely soap opera. That seems to be the thing nowadays is that everything is just a fucking soap opera. Yeah. You know, like everything. Like, like, like know, fucking Flash, Arrow, Daredevil. It's just like a soap opera yeah. with, 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 with costumes. But the, uh, the first season of Empire, like the storylines that you expect would go through like a season of a normal TV show mm-hmm. and they're done in 20 minutes. Right. You know, like the, the, the villain who should get the comeuppance, mm-hmm. they do the bad thing, then they get the comeuppance. Oh, in the same episode? Yeah, and then later on, <laughs> or, the, or the beginning of the next step, and they're gone. Right. It's great. I was watching Daredevil the other day. Mm-hmm. I still haven't gotten through season two yet. It was, this, it was the long-ass fight, and halfway through the, the fight... The one in the prison, or...? Uh, was it a prison? No. Yes, yes. No, 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 the prison one was... was a, Prison's awesome. The prison one was cool. Uh, this was uh, one of the, the ones with the hand. I, you know what? I, I, ninja fights are boring. You know? But then you can't see them or hear them. I know. I just, it got to, yeah, like, uh, Daredevil's fighting this ninja, and I'm just like, oh, fuck, just someone win already. <laughs> it's, it's going on too long. 
I started Where's checking. the Punisher? I started checking, you know, like, how much longer of this episode is this? <laughs> Did you hear that uh, Charlie Cox uh, supposedly went for yes. an audition for yeah, Han Solo? He doesn't know what it was for, but he think it because it, it was all very hush-hush, and yeah, I yeah. think it was Han Solo. But because he's been spending a year or two not looking people in the eye as Matt Murdock, he... He totally. He completely up. didn't look at the act, the other actor in the scene. I've heard of that happening to actors when they go for audition, uh, auditions. It's like that that famous um, story of Michael Bean auditioning for Terminator and not getting and not getting it uh, because he had a, had a sudden accent. Oh really? And because he was doing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof on, gotcha. on stage or something, and he yeah, didn't, he, he, he didn't realize that he kept it, and he had to go in and re audition, and then he got Carl Reese. Yeah, yeah. Mm. You never go full blind. You never. No. <laughs> But um, while I was uh, reading this news piece about um, <clears throat> Eminem signing on to produce and do music for the NARC, uh, reading a little bit more about Joe Carnahan, the last film he directed was uh, Stretch with Patrick Wilson, which which was um, kind, which was fun. But you yeah, know, I heard it was good. I got like that happened. It, it was I, I know it, okay. It's a two star movie. Okay, it's a two star movie, but it's got some four star moments. Okay, uh, you know they tried. To, it's emulating all the uh, action movies of the eighties, and it does a pretty decent job. Of He's doing got that. like a night to make enough money as a limo driver, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I mean, I can't really remember the story now. It's it's pretty forgettable. Yeah, but it's you know it's kind of fun, mm. disposable entertainment. But I didn't know that. Um, but I really love uh, Joe Carnahan's work on the eighteen. Uh, yes, I, I mean that's. I'm so disappointed that didn't get like more. We saw that together, did we? We did, we did, we did. Uh, but I think I think we're kind of in the minority. We really are. I don't understand. Like I thought a lot it was of, one of those movies. A lot of people, a lot of people weren't too crazy about it. Um, but which is weird. I mean, it has a tank. No, I mean, I think. Well, they're trying to fly the tank. I didn't see how you could be a fan of that TV show and, and not, not like that movie. film. Yeah. So the people who don't like the movie, I just kind of guess like, well, you, you must have not seen the TV show and get out of my house. Yeah, that's right. Uh, but I didn't know that uh, Joe Carnahan is also signed on to direct Bad Boys 3. What? He's uh, directing Bad Boys 3. And That'd I, be I, cool. I vaguely remember reading about this, but then I forgot about it because Bad Boys 3 was one of those projects that's been supposedly happening for, yeah. forever. Uh, and I just didn't think it would ever happen without Michael Bay directing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, Joe Carnahan, he's, uh, that's what he's doing now. He's working on the script and he's prepping. he's been prepping like the film for the last few months. Awesome. So... Uh, you know, I mean, I would, I would see Bad Boys 3 anyway, because I thought, I love Bad Boys 2. Yeah, I mean, you know, I always love Mike Lowry. Huh? How do I know it's Mike Lowry? Because I'm Mike Lowry. Lowry. <laughs> Why is that funny? I, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Bad Boys 2 cracked me up. It, it was a beautiful exercise in horrible taste. Yeah, that's the one with <laughs> Tay Leone, right? No, that's the first one. That's the first one, sorry. Yeah, the second yeah. one is where The second one, there is no real... Like, it ends up in Cuba, right? On the, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The, the characters where through where the... With the carches through the, the highway the chase, where they're throwing the dead bodies out on the highway. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck, man? <laughs> you know, and then, and then you just think, oh, Michael Bay. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Pain and Gain. He did. He went. He went even further with Pain and Gain. I still need to watch Pain and Gain. You still so haven't many, seen Pain so and Gain. So many things on my list. These whether, days. whether you love that movie or hate it, personally, I loved it. But it is the kind of movie that I can very well imagine someone hating. Like Mark Mote hated it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> and I understand why, but I'm sorry. I guess I'm just shallow that way. Uh, but you you need to see it. Like you, no, I do. Whether you love it or hate it is besides the point. You need to see what I they should, do. I should have some free time this weekend to catch up on some stuff. It's it's Marky Mark being the most Markiest Mark you've ever seen him. <laughs> Even more than the happening? Even more than the happening. <laughs> so yeah, I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that's development hell for ages, I thought this was further along than it was, but like Shane Black's Predator thing is going to start shooting soon. Or th- it's November yeah. it's going to start shooting. He, uh, he recently announced the name of the... Uh, the, the main character. Yeah. And it was some weird, fucked up it's shit. Mackenzie or McC- so, something like that. Something like that. Fuck. 
something. I can't remember what it is. Like, yeah, but it was just like, I thought the way they were talking about it, I thought this was further along than it was. Because um, he has been saying some very interesting things about it. Yeah, I mean, what's great about, um, you know, uh, having Shane Black do it is that he understands that it's, it's a B-movie property. Yes. And because, it's, because he understands that, he's able to do it in a way that, how do you, how do you make a, a B-movie property you know, come alive again. And, and he's um, talked about doing it as an event picture and stuff, right? Like, make it a, a big B-movie event kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that is very interesting. I, re- I really like that. Uh, Quinn McKenna. Quinn McKenna. Ah, you know Quinn McKenna from down the town, like. Yeah? What's that, Rocksteady? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God, there were moments in that movie where it sounded like you. <laughs> <laughs> Talking about Rocksteady and TMNT, too. Fucking Seamus. <laughs> So, and it was and it was usually the one word lines. Yeah. It's like, where is he? Or something like that. It's, what was the one where he says, what, what was it when he just pops into the front of the van? It's like, hi. Hi. <laughs> that sounded like you. <laughs> no, no, I remember there was one line where he goes, where is he? And and it just reminded me of, of one of the lines you did during War of the Worlds. Oh, God. <laughs> Patrick! <laughs> You're dead to me. <laughs> He thinks your brother has turned, Sean. Oh, Jesus, Johnny. <laughs> He'll be here. <laughs> I can't believe you remember the lines. Jesus Christ. Uh, I've seen that movie more times than I've seen most movies, unfortunately. <laughs> including the one you directed. Including the ones I actually directed. The ones I directed came out when they were supposed to, in an orderly fashion. Yeah. <laughs> War of the Worlds is like, is it coming out? Is nope. it coming out? Is it coming out? Is going, it coming out? Yeah. What are we doing now? What are we doing now? And going. Money this, insurance that. Oh, <laughs> uh, God. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't much movie news. There's loads of trailers I want to talk about, actually. All right. We there just... was one for Netflix which is coming up real soon, July 15th. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stranger Things. Oh, is this the one with Winona Ryder? Yeah. Fuck, you know, I, I bookmarked that. I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, because it got a real... I still haven't seen Midnight Special, but it gave me that real 80s vibe. Mm-hmm. You know, the E.T. kind of thing, Explorers kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the kids going missing. There's Winona Ryder freaking the cop. He's like... Well, you know, in these case, in most of these cases, nine out of a hundred, the kids with a parent or a relative, something like that. She's like, "What about the one other one?" There's a nice dialogue there, but there's just like there's so many shots that look like they're coming from those kind of things, and then the font they've used and the way that the letters are coming in, mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. screams 1980s at you. Cool. It looks really, really good. There's a scene that kind of throws off some stuff. I mean, there might be some paranormal parasite kids in it, but it just, just looks awesome. And it's, I don't know how that's going to work for because that kind of show seems to be all about mystery, and I don't know how that's going to work when you can binge watch the whole thing. There is a problem with binge watching. I mean, like binge watching has definitely sort of uh, kicked my ass with Daredevil. Yeah, is that I, you know, uh, it's it's not a bad season, not at all. Yeah. But watching it one after the other, you're like, yeah, you know, it's more the same, you know. Yeah. So I do think there is a there is a, a downside to binge watching. I'm not really a big fan. I think things like Arrested Development are a little bit easier to binge watch. You know, like little smaller, like nugget sized things yeah. that you can take a bite out of. Um, but even the uh, fourth season of Arrested Development, once you got rid of the commercial breaks, yeah. kind of affected the pacing of the whole thing. Yeah. And the only reason that that particular season is good to binge watch one after the other is because of the way the story has been structured. Yeah, because they couldn't get everyone at the same time. Yeah, so it's only when you see everything kind of like in one long stretch that you go, oh, right, this, from that app to this app. All right, I but get I it. But I think that even in the original show worked because like for me, I was watching it and it was only when I had binged watched like five in a row and I realized that Jason Bateman's character is just as bad as the rest of his family. Oh no, Jason Bateman's character, like, you know, M- Michael, uh, Michael's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> 
But like, it's I didn't quite get that. For the first half, it was like there's this one normal guy with this crazy he's, family. He's like, no, no, he's no, as bad as them. He's a selfish asshole. Yeah. It's and just then, that he's not stupid and like the way some of the other ones are. Yeah, he manages to hide it better. But then yeah. also the constant barrage of the same jokes cropping up Michael, makes more sense. Michael Bluth. Michael. Because uh, there's money in the banana stand. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a rash? Is that like, is that like a rash to you? <laughs> is that a zit? <laughs> Another trailer we saw together, which um, did we mention? We didn't mention on the Turtles cast, but was like just an exercise right. in the ludicrous. Right. Was the uh, Ben Hur Ben Hur trailer? This it's looks like, like why? Why? Why does this movie exist? Morgan Freeman. I have never seen an actor so phoning it in. I mean, <laughs> he's not he's not just phoning it in, he's faxing it in. It's like Morgan Freeman is slowly entering he's he's very quickly actually entering into uh ben, ben Ben Kingsley territory. Oh yeah, we'll get to him in a bit. Where he's just like, you know, well, I, I guess yeah, why not? <laughs> I guess I'll come along for a while. Oh, you've been practicing that. <laughs> no. Have you been practicing that? That's not too bad. <laughs> I was to someone else do it. I need to hear someone else do it first. All right. Yeah, I mean Ben Hur trailer, I don't understand. And then, I mean, it already looks, it looks, it starts off ludicrous. You're like, who are these guys? And then the soft rock guitar kicks in. Yeah. I mean, Morgan Freeman, sorry, Morgan Freeman is like, oh God, they got poor Morgan Freeman involved and dragged into this. And then the, the soft rock kicks in. And you're like, and then there's one shot of Jesus. And you're like, what are they doing? Let me tell you something. Morgan Freeman doesn't get dragged into anything. Morgan, <laughs> Morgan Freeman's at that point in his life and his career where he's like, I'm going to do whatever the fuck I want. You can either see it or not. Morgan Freeman does what he wants. That's right. Because he's God. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, it's it's one of those movies that you know you're going to watch at some point, yeah. but um, if it's not like a free press screening or something, <laughs> yeah, I'm, fuck I'm, that. <laughs> I'm not paying to see that piece of shit. No. It's a Netflixer. It doesn't, it's like, there's so much baggage to overcome, like, it's, why would you even, you know what I mean? Why would you remake one of the most acclaimed, you know... Swords and Sandals epics of all time. Yes. And do it like that. Yeah. You know, why would you do it like that? Get the hair metal going. <laughs> Yeah, it was a trailer I saw during Finding Finding Dory last week. We got like early trailers. We got Moana, which looked interesting, but the trailer. That's some Moana. Yeah, the trailer. I mean, that I was surprised because I hadn't seen them before. You're just, usually, wa- you're just watching it thinking. Um, Rock's having a fun, a fun yeah, time. Yeah, I mean, it is The Rock. It's yeah. not Dwayne Johnson. It's no, The Rock. It's The Rock. But I mean, like, I'm surprised. Complete with eyebrow. I was surprised we got those trailers because they haven't been online or anything. Like, they're usually in Malaysia, but you know, we'll get the, the first Star Trek trailer instead of the second one. Right, right, right. For the press screenings. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there was the trailer for Pete's Dragon gave me chills. The trailer for Pete's Dragon actually is, looks pretty cool. And then Isaiah Whitlock Jr. turns up. She. Oh yes, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember, I remember, I remember, I remember. No, because like, because uh, now, now when I when I see him, I think Veep. Oh right, because yeah, he's on Veep. Yeah. And he's he, he's he's very good in Veep. Oh yeah. I mean, it, we talked about him years ago when he was on something else playing a nice guy, right? And he had a big cuddly sweater on. That's right. On that's his MDV right. page, he wasn't she guy she- back then. Uh, but yeah, everything about this trailer just looks like like the music choice is really good I think because that's what really gives me chills it feels very Amblin yeah it feels very 1980s Amblin yeah and Elliot looks kind of cool and yeah. they, they, they still drop in a few of his noises that mm-hmm. he used to make in the original one because the original one is David Lloyd Knight was saying like oh I love the original I was like when was the last time you watched it it's like when it's 10 yeah watch it again yeah it's it doesn't hold up yeah yeah have you seen the BF no BFG's not out yet right no but the trailers look I, I, don't, I don't know why I can't get I can't seem to get excited about that. Mm. It just looks... I think, you know, just stay the fuck away from giants. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, you know, Jack the Giant Killer didn't work. I think they still look kind of shiny. Like, maybe they're not the final render, but, like, they don't look... They look like an effects thing the same way that Alice in Wonderland does. I mean, this is the new sort of, uh, you know, this is... 
the whole, the whole sort of giant genre feels like it's it's this generation's Polar Express. Yeah. You know, it's like it's it's the uncanny valley writ large. Yeah, it just doesn't. It, and and I can see Mark Rylance in it. Yeah, yeah. You know, but for, and which makes it even weirder. You know, like it's you know they uh, should have just bigified him. It's like fucking Beowulf. You know, when you got Angelina Jolie and John Malkovich and Anthony Hopkins on the screen, and it's them, but it's not them. Yeah. Why the fuck didn't you just use them? Yeah. <laughs> you could have just like you know superimposed the, him with the little amount little. of money you spent on post. Yeah. I mean, surely it would have been the same if you if you had done it for real. Yeah. Totally. I will kill your monster. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you decide to make everyone look like how they are except fat Ray Winstone. Yeah. <laughs> you know, why couldn't you have just gotten a fit guy yeah. to do it? <laughs> I mean, is Ray Winstone's voice and accent that awesome that you just have to have it? Yeah. You mentioned uh, Ben Kingsley, so he does turn up as well this week's trailer. Uh, there's a movie called Collide. It's got Nicholas Holt in it and uh, Felicity Jones. Have you seen it? No. So it starts off looking like one of those awful rom-coms you know and they're like having a some meeting you know meet cute in the snow and it's like all right get stripped down to your underwear and lie in the snow and whoever you know gets up first has to do a lap of the neighborhood in their underwear and it's all cute and shit and so she starts having a seizure right she needs a kidney and it turns out nicholas holt was a bad guy and, oh, right, and right. of course his drug dealing criminal overlord guy is ben kingsley in funky shit in fucking um oh what's it called james franco Shades from right. what was that movie? What, spring Breakers. Yeah, he's <laughs> like wearing Spring Breaker shades and being, you know, the criminal rent-a-job Ben Kingsley. He's like, I'm a knight, motherfucker. Yeah, I'll wear whatever the hell I want. And then Anthony Hopkins turns up. What? Yeah, this looks a bit like Lucky <laughs> Number Eleven, where Nicholas Holt is getting caught between the two, right, right, two right, gangs, right, 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 and he's getting fucked. That's Dude. a very underrated movie. Oh, I like it. Lucky number seven. I've, I've totally forgot about that. I was rem- reminded of it in Warcraft because uh, there's a guy in Warcraft who looks like budget uh, discount Josh Hartnett, the magician guy. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just thought he looked like a fucking useless sap. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, we'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> we, saw some, we saw some news just before the cast that they are scrapping the um, MacGyver reboot with yes. uh, is it Lucas Till is the actor's name yes Lucas Till they're, scra- they're getting rid of it entirely and they're doing it from scratch with James Wan directing yeah. before James Wan moves on to Aquaman and you know Lucas Till you know, he was, before this news happened he was kind of getting bigged up because he was in X-Men Apocalypse um, yeah. he was Havoc he was Havoc yeah, yeah. Um, um, and then I saw this trailer for Monster Trucks and I was like oh he's got to change his age yeah. Mon- did you see this trailer no I have zero interest. Oh, no, no. You should see this trailer. It's just like a car crash. Let's watch it. Oh, no, you can't. You can't. You can't. Okay. You, you can't describe. <laughs> this guy. Like, all right, all right, it's, right, right, it's right. An ET I'll, st- I'll check it out after this. It's I'll an E.T. It. story, but instead of like, you know, E.T. mucking around with the fucking speaking spell and shit, right. the monster likes to hide in his truck. Monster. And it looks like fucking, what's his name? Toothless from uh, How to Train Your Dragon, but with tentacles. Huh. So there's a lot of like I, truck driving with monsters inside the trucks. Then there's three of them, so it's got a team thing going. There's stereotypical bad guy guys in it, and like, oh no, yeah, and it's it's just bizarre looking. So glad I didn't watch this. Okay, like, I mean, I'll, I'll watch it later. I'll yeah. watch it later. It sounds it, sounds it just retarded. shows how I mean, it, it, it's like they're trying to do a new kind of cool kids thing, but it just seems so misjudged. Mm. Awful. Uh, did I did you see the trailer for this documentary called The Lovers and the Despot? No. Uh, this looks like a really, really uh, interesting uh, documentary. Okay. It's uh, about this um, these South Korean filmmakers uh, Shin Sang, uh, Shin Sang Ok, and his uh, his his uh, actress wife Choi Choi Yan Hee. Mm-hmm. Uh, they met, fell in love in the fifties, post war Korea. In the seventies, uh, when they were at the top of their game, um, uh, Kim Jong Il kidnaps uh, Choi, the wife, 
and uh, what? Because he's a big fan. Oh yeah, she's a musician. She she's an actress. Actress. And um, so the husband uh, Shin goes look. He goes looking for her, gets kidnapped as well, and is imprisoned uh, by uh, Kim Jong Un for five years. And then after that, uh, because uh, Kim Jong Un is such a <clears throat> move, move, big movie guy, uh, he declares them his personal filmmakers. Oh yeah. And then it's basically they're his prisoners, but they eventually uh, earn his trust. And the the documentary is about what happens and how they eventually escape. Whoa. Uh, and it looks crazy. Yeah, it looks crazy. I'm always, I, I'm always like iffy about. Is it Kim Jong Il? Kim Jong Il, right? Yeah, Jim, Kim Jong Il is the daddy, yeah, and yeah, then Kim, Kim Jong Un yeah. is the current one. Yeah, I always, I always get, get you get your Kims mixed up. I get, I get the Kims mixed up. And then there's Mel and Kim. That's right. And then there's Kim Wilde. All right, Kim Wilde. Yeah, uh, it's been a while. I like Kim Wilde. Yeah, it's been a while since we were kids. But in you know who doesn't get enough play? Kim Grist. Who's Kim Grist? Remember IMDb that shit. <laughs> 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 oh, don't do it now. Kim Grist. Okay. Pop quiz. So anyone, in, uh, you can uh, tweet us or uh, uh, email us at podcast at and name us three movies that Kim Grist was in and what's your favorite. Oh. Oh. You remember her? She was in a bunch of shit. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 My personal favorite is Brazil. Oh, yeah. And she was in another movie with Christopher Lambert that, where he plays a thief. I can't remember what it was. I just remember liking it because J.T. He's Walsh is in it. a diamond thief. He's a diamond thief. Yeah. And J.T. Walsh is in it as a really foul-mouthed um, uh, police chief. Yeah. And they keep... Same tri- character as... J.T. Walsh is the, same, is the police chief from Blade Runner as well, right? Is he? Isn't he? J.T. Walsh? Was he... Was he big the, guy? He's a big guy. I, I don't know. Fuck, was he in Blade Runner? Yeah. I think. He's in Blood Simple as well, right? Yes. J.T. Walsh. J.T. Walsh. He was in, a ton, he was in tons of stuff. He yeah. Was, he was a great actor. Great actor. He's been dead for a while now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not J.T. Walsh. I can't remember. It's yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember J.T. Walsh from, from Blade Runner. No. But J.T. That. Walsh is great in this in this movie. The, the title I can't remember. It's got Christopher Lambert and Kim Grice. Hmm. <laughs> cool. I think it's, it's not called Thief or something? No, it's not called Thief. That's the Michael Mann movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, there's kind of a cool thing. It's not quite a trailer, but did you see, I mean, just Jeff, did you see the double Goldblum uh, Independence Day thing? Uh, No. So basically, they got Jeff Goldblum playing David like, Levinson. I'm, like I'm already sold on, on Independence yeah. Day two. I don't want to watch any more stuff. See you next I, week. You know, I just yeah. want to. No, but this has got nothing to do with the movie. It's right. just like um, what they call it. They call it ESD Films present conspiracy theories, and it's all about like you know, after the war of '96, there's been a number of conspiracy theories about the aliens and stuff, and we we want to clear one up, and that is that uh, David Levinson, you know, hero of, of Independence Day, is not the same person as Jeff Goldblum actor. So it's got him in, in his Independence Day gear and then Jeff Goldblum in a leather jacket and, uh, you know, polo neck being super Jeff Goldblum-y. And they just, Goldblum, they just try to out-Goldblum each other. Like, there's a lot of chin holding and, like, hand movements and, like, so it's really nice to meet you. Is it Jeff Gold, Goldblum? And then you see in the background, it's Goldblum! <laughs> and they're just like, you were in uh, you were in that band, right? In Woodstock era, Shanana? You were in Shanana? It's like, no, no, I wasn't in Shanana. And it's just like... Double gold blue. I'll have to check that out. It's funny. It's 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 funny. As I get to a certain point in a movie's marketing, where like once I know I'm seeing it, it's like yeah, okay, yeah. I, I don't. Need this to isn't see even it. marketing. It's just it's just Jeff Goldblum just, being fucking around. Well, like yeah. you know, it's like saying we're nothing. The resemblance is fleeting, you know, because my eyes are mahogany and yours are like um, brandy on a table as the sun comes in through the window at sunset. Jeff Goldblum, man, what a legend! I do hear. <laughs> I've heard that. I've heard it from a couple of places now because he's doing the publicity circuit. But he does like a jazz night in San yes, Diego yes yes I, I, I have heard that in, in LA in LA yeah yeah and like if you go in he'll just like play the piano and then start wandering around saying hi how are you touching people in, in his inimitable way oh, in beige revision mm. in beige 
someone interviewed him for the Guardian. He's like, you know, I just like my job. I just like doing my, my work. And, you know, shit. Up, 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 da, 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 da. <laughs> and starts doing that in the middle of the conversation. <laughs> and it sounded awesome just to be in the room with him. And then she, they were like, it's a Eve Barlow on Twitter. I think I follow her from a while back. And she was saying like, he said, come along to the show. And then she came along, but she was too scared to say anything. And then he met her again for a follow-up interview. And he's like, oh, I didn't see you there. You should have come along. We could have tickled the ivories together. He just seems like a really cool dude. Oh, God. Uh, looks good. Hmm. What other trailers have you seen? Uh, I was skipping this for a while, but the, the trailer for The Shallows with um, Blake Lively. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The most recent one. I think it's the final one or I something I haven't seen like the final one. So, I mean, because I was thinking... Because uh, the... It's the another the, fucking shark the, movie. The teaser kind of said everything that you needed to know about it. Oh, I didn't see that. Because I just thought, it's a shark movie. That's all I need to know about it. Yeah. It's open water, but with surfboard. Or and else it's the surfboard movie I mean, where the girl gets her Basically, she's on this like little, little like sort of rock. Like she's been injured and she's trying to just get it's back. It's the gray with sharks, right? Speaking of Carnival. Oh, that's right. He directed the gray. Yeah. So, uh, but like the trailer has this really cool music going on, and there's a whole kind of you know like uh, putting in old. Hey, we want to get loaded. We want to have a good time. Like an old fifties soundtrack yeah. in, and it's yeah. all about self reliance. Is all about knowing where you want to go and stuff like that. And it's got all that going on, and then the fucking shark turns up, and the music gets pounding and. It doesn't, I mean, because I, I thought watch, halfway watching is like, well, the shark either eats her or it doesn't, or it eats her, her leg and just to survive. It's got to be one of these things. And then I was pleasantly surprised the trailer didn't give that impression. Right, okay. That looks like a nasty shark. But I was quite, you know, it went from couldn't care less to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Well, I mean, I liked the teaser. I mean, yeah. it looked like a good B movie. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, I'm not sure if I'll go to see it in the cinema, but I'll, I'll probably see it at some point. Another one that looked uh, interesting, it's going to be on Sky Atlantic, so I don't know when I want to get it, but it's, yeah, it's a UK production, The Young Pope. This one, it's a, it's a co-production between Sky, HBO, and Studio Canal. Oh, okay. Now, uh, it's all the Studio Canal. About the, the first uh, American Pope. First American Pope, and there's a lot of Jude Law in his full castle like having a smoke. Like, the first American Pope, and you cast Jude Law. Yeah. Brilliant. There's a great shot of him, like, kneeling with his arms outstretched in front yeah, of a load yeah. of trucks. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, like, what's going, what's on, going here? on there? All hail the Teamsters. <laughs> <laughs> God's own people. <laughs> but it just, it's, a, it's a very much a mood piece at the moment. There's not much given. Yeah, but yeah. like just a shot of him in his gear smoking just looks fucking cool. It does look good. Yeah. Like it looks like it's really nicely shot. Yeah. It's, it's, t- it's basically sci-fi, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. An American Pope. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm always wary when new animated movies trailers comes out and stuff. So there was one for Storks. I mean, I was, I was, I was watching the one for Sing because it's his name the guy who directed the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy he was part of Hammer and Tongs they did the video oh for is Blur. it Gareth Edwards no not Gareth Edwards he's Godzilla right it's Gareth Gareth something yeah he did Son of Rambo yeah I know the guy you mean yeah uh, and he hasn't done anything for a while yeah so Sing is like uh, pop stars the musical kind of thing right. that looks interesting enough but this other one Storks mm-hmm. I think there's been a teaser trailer but this one looks kind of funny like it's got wolves licking babies because they're going to eat it and then they lick it and it says it tastes like flowers and like two wolves talking to each other saying... Um, you Garth know, Jennings. Garth Jennings. Gotcha. And they're... Um, it's like the wolves want to eat this baby. They lick it and they fall in love with it. It's like, ooh, 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 ooh. I want to teach him to walk around before he lies, he lies down at night. Because that's the cool thing. That's what we teach people. You know, dogs just being weird. There's a stork. Storks no longer deliver babies. They deliver packages. Mm-hmm. But there's one baby left. Mm-hmm. And it looks like mildly interesting. Like, it looks like nice little character work going on and odd little characters. Cool. Mm. I saw a trailer for uh, another documentary... Uh, Life Animated, mm-hmm. uh, which looks very cool. Uh, it's a ins- ins- very inspirational uh, kind of a story um, about uh, Owen Siskin, mm-hmm. uh, who has autism, 
and he's he he when he's a child he never speaks and until his family discovers that the way that they're able to communicate with him is by uh, through uh, classic Disney animated films. Oh. Uh, so they start impersonating, like they, they speak to him, impersonating characters and only speak to him uh, using Disney dialogue. Mm. And that brings him out of his shell and teaches him to become self-reliant and, and, oh. and stuff like that. Uh, it looks it looks really good. I mean, it looks like a real sort of like triumph of the human spirit yeah. kind, of, uh, kind of story. And it's got like, you know, obviously it's got a lot of the Disney animation in it, but there's additional animation in there that's done in a very nice, nice sort of a style, very nice black and white animated style. Cool. Uh, to sort of show uh, his sort of growth as a char- as a character. Nice. So yeah. Anyone who's no. All right. Cool stuff. Cool stuff. I got a couple of things. I got I got one from uh, Jeff Swag sent in. Oh. Right, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He tagged me on this on uh, Facebook. Uh, it's a group called GIHX.com. Mm-hmm. And they're selling little replica rings from the, the Great Northern Hotel from Twin Peaks. Mm. Which they're like, they're the key rings that the, you know, the room keys come with. Mm-hmm. Which are pretty cool. They're like eleven ninety five. I'm not sure what the shipping on that would be. They used to be fifteen ninety five, But they're just like little green ones. Clean place. Reasonably priced. Room 315. Was that, was that um, agent, who, agent? I can't remember. What's his name? Dale Cooper. Right, Agent Dale I think, yeah, I think, yeah, Dale. Yeah. Was that Cooper's room? Maybe three one five. I can't remember. Hmm. I need to uh, go back and rewatch some of that stuff. Actually, it's been a long time. Yeah, I only watched the first season, and I was just, I when I got to the Zen detective business, I was like, I love this. <laughs> this is fucking my jam. Um, on the toy front, uh, if you're a Rocky fan, Rocky 40th anniversary seven inch action figure series, uh, Rocky Four in particular, looks awesome. Fuck yeah. Looks pretty awesome. Uh, the the face sculpts are good. You can sort of. Uh, you got two Evan Drago, right? Yeah, you got, you got two Evan Drago faces. One with like beaten down. One mm-hmm. smug as smug Russian fuck. Yep. Uh, you got you got two heads for uh, for all of the, all of the figures. <laughs> the alternate head for Stallone just looks fantastic. He looks like he's just woken up. Yeah. <laughs> After a long night in the piss. You got Apollo Creed and his uh, get up just before he gets his ass kicked with his with his uh, with his uh, stars and stripes get up, his shorts and his his robe and his fucking top hat and his tassel boots. The tassels right. on the boots are great. And uh, so and and you got you got. Uh, Interchangeable heads with him as well. You got one where he's smiling like an asshole, and you got one where he's just like looking badass, like from Predator. Uh, and then you got same thing, interchangeable heads with uh, Rocky. One beaten up and one not beaten up. Can't tell the difference. And he comes with the flag, which he is comes nice. with the flag. You can recreate the poster uh, for Rocky Four. So, if I can change, and you can change, <laughs> everybody can change. I still haven't seen Creed yet. I haven't either. Yeah. Um, and uh, lastly, there's this uh, website I found, uh, adkessio.com, where they have these very cool lamps. Oh, yeah. They've got like an Iron Man lamp, an at that Walker lamp, a Deadpool lamp. Paint me a word picture here. They're kind of, I mean... Um, They're single sheets of glass, right? I'm not entirely sure like how they do it. Um, our energy-efficient 2D LED lamps are designed to trick your eyes and make you and your guests see a 3D figure. So we're looking at an Iron Man here, and it looks like a low-poly figure from a video game, but it's basically one sheet of glass that the, the angles and everything make it look like it's a full 3D sculpt. Yes. We guarantee... This is I'm reading what they're saying. Yeah. We guarantee your friends and family will be impressed. The lamps are unique and built with their owners in mind. The glass inserted into the wooden stand can be easily cleaned with a cloth, ensuring your lamp will be looking like new for years to come. Go back to the homepage. 
Uh, so it's got Iron Man, it's got At-At Walker, it's pretty cool. I like the, uh, the Millennium Falcon one. The Millennium one Falcon good. one is nice. Um, the the BB-8 lamp is pretty cool. The Spider-Man lamp is, is cool. That's nice. And uh, they're currently on sale. They normally cost $59.99 US and they're on sale now for $29.99. Oh, very not, cool. Not bad. I don't know if they ship to Malaysia. I haven't like uh, checked that out yet. But the lamps themselves are nice. I mean, you can always use a freight forwarder anyway. I found these guys on Instagram. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, you're all about the Instagram these days. Well, you know, you can find a lot of shit on Instagram. Hashtag Instagood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my cool stuff. Well, there was a very cool art show. It's still running in the US until like, the 25th of June. San Francisco Spoke Art Gallery, and they had a Lord of the Thrones art show. Spoke Art does a lot of cool stuff. Yeah, um, I've never heard of it before this. I got a, a really cool um, Totoro poster from them. Oh, yeah? Yeah, a while back. They have a very nice poster of Sean Bean as his character from Lord of the Rings and as Eddard Stark from... Um, uh, Game of Thrones split down the middle. I heard the story. Uh, Chirin told me the story that um, initially uh, the the Starks were supposed to be uh, quite quite proper. Oh yeah, in like quite you know the clipped British accent. Right. And then and then they cash on Bean. They cash on Bean, and he's like, "Well, we want it to, you know clipped." And Sean Bean's like, "I don't do that." Yeah. <laughs> so now everyone's from the north. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every planet's got a north, right? Yeah, there's some nice pictures of Daenerys. They've got maps of the Isles, like cool posters where they got all the characters lined up. You know, it's there's a nice array of styles that they have, and you know, cool green of Tarth, Oberon. Some of them don't even tie into both. The most of them don't, but they just all, you know, mm -hmm. that red keeps looks pretty good. As well. Very very cool. And if you are a diehard um, uh, Star Wars, Wars fan, oh Star Wars, uh, you can head over to Mondo. There's a timed uh, Mike Mitchell release. Mike Mitchell is the guy who does like the, the profile shots of everyone. Oh yeah. Um, and um, they started. They've been do, they've been releasing like a series of Mike Mitchell um, Star Wars profile shots for a while now. The first one was uh, Red Leader, Luke Skywalker. Yes, yeah, I think is, we talked about that one. Get up. What's what they done now? Um, and uh, the one that they've got on now. After that, they had C3PO, I think, and then I think they also had um, Bosk. And now it's uh, Lando Carizian and um, Princess Leia. Bosch. 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 So, timed edition. They're available from now until um, uh, the end of Sunday for 55 US a pop. And as with everything on Mondo, good luck getting one. Yeah. No, no, because it's a timed edition. So they just have loads of them? Oh, it's just like they have the, the print. So, so, like, they're available from now until Sunday. So after Sunday, it won't be available. Hmm. But uh, how, however many orders they get between now and Sunday, that's the print run. Okay. So it is available from now to Sunday. All right, uh, going to our emails. Sure. We've no competition this week, but we'll get back to you if we do have one. Uh, we'll be a competition winner from the last one should be getting their prize anytime soon. All right. Uh, first email comes in from Facebook. It's uh, Cheryl Abdul Rahman says, "What do you think of the upcoming Star Trek Beyond?" Well, um, I we, fucking ha I know. We, we we have talked about this a uh, little bit, uh, yeah, a little bit. And every screening I go to, they keep showing that first fucking Beastie Boys trailer, which annoys the fuck out of me. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's one of those movies that I know I'm gonna see. Yeah, but am I excited about it? Strangely, no. The second trailer made me more excited because it looks more like Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, the second trailer was way better than the first trailer. Yeah. Um, but for some bizarre reason, I'm just not particularly excited about it. Um, mm. even if it you know if it turns out to be good, then great. I hope it does, mm. um, but um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm feeling kind of indifferent about it for some mm. reason. No, I, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, it's Star Trek. I'm always going to like Star Trek, so yeah. unless they really fuck it up. Yeah, I mean, again, it's one of those things that you know you're going <laughs> to see, but just, eh, well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see if it's any good or not. Okay. Another email comes in pretty close to home. It's from the beauty queen from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> 
who uses full names for some reason. Hey, Gavin Yapanine McNally. Let me start by saying, and no offense to any online role-playing fanboys, that Warcraft was a good move was a good movie, and by good, I mean profoundly awful. I may have fallen asleep for three minutes. No, I lied. I fell asleep for five minutes. My husband, wonder who he is, told me that the same director directed Moon and Source Code. That would mean he has some semblance of talent and credibility. I guess this is Duncan Jones when bad things happen to good director's medal. I think this movie would have been amazing if it had come out ten years ago. Also, if my aunt had two balls, she'd be my uncle. <laughs> anyway, this was Troll 2 and Battlefield Earth Bad, and they should drop it into the Laurentian Abyss, just like they did to Megatron. Okay, thank you, bye. Some lovely references in that last sentence. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I still haven't seen Troll 2, I've only seen Troll 1. And I've not seen Best Best Worst Movie is the making of Troll 2, right? Uh, the, the documentary on it, I think. Yeah. I've only seen with levels of hubris only seen in the um, Phantom Menace behind the scenes documentaries yes I've only seen Troll 1 yeah Um, well there goes my review we'll we'll jump uh, we'll jump straight into it with Warcraft then yeah alright let's just (laughs) go into Warcraft so Um, yeah neither of us have played any of the games I have maybe a passing uh, familiarity with some of the concepts from just I have have zero knowledge of any of it right don't give a shit no emotional investment whatsoever right and that was the reason i wanted to see it i wanted to see like what it's can, can i can i go and see this not knowing a damn thing and how would it play and uh it's fucking boring as shit you didn't like anything in it well i mean you know some of the visuals are cool but but it, it never it never not looked like a game yeah it uh you know i, I was just um I just found it very boring, actually. Yeah. You know, um, even like the the fight, that, like when the action sequences happened, it just felt very sort of like, oh, we need an action sequence here. You didn't like it when the orc threw a horse at some guys. No, I mean, yeah, but things like that, it's it's yeah, whatever, you know. I mean, again, a game, and uh, I, I I've I've been told that uh, that the game is one of those things that. You know, when you play it, it's all like real time. So if you've got to go somewhere and it takes like 12 hours to get there, you, you got to do that. You got to do it 12 hours. I'm like, well, fuck, no wonder the movie's like this. <laughs> you know, if that's what it's based on. And then the movie is fucking fast paced as shit if that's the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think it really felt like it had to slave too many masters because from researching afterwards, I just had to write a review and I didn't want to sound like an idiot. Um, you know, it does tie into the lore of the first game. So the, the, the World of Warcraft, massively multiplayer online. RPG or Mamorpaga. and but there was the original games were like point, you know click on your unit tell it to go here tell it to kill this shit kind of one but there's a storyline that runs through them yeah. this is a prequel to the game kind of or runs concurrent to the game so the characters a lot of the characters that turn up like mean something later like that baby like you're wondering why the fuck are they spending so much time on this baby right little Goel yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Billy Goel yeah like oh something he happens t- he turns up and he's like a big thing in the second game right you see like to the uninitiated doesn't mean shit yeah. it looked like Shrek and it, the big- it looked like little Shrek yeah little Shrek and the biggest problem it has because of this is there's no fucking ending no no ending there's nothing like there's something happens when, at the end but there's no when actual- Paula Patton is the best thing about your film and she's acting through a mouthful of teeth yeah you've got issues you've got problems I actually think the orcs are the best thing about this film I agree because they cast the most boring human beings Opposite imaginable. It, just, it looks like the worst heavy metal band they cast off. I mean, Ben of Foster, who's a good actor, what was he doing in this? You I mean, he's trying like, to figure out how to walk in that cloak. And, and also, you just got names that no one can fucking remember. Nobody gives a shit. Yeah. You know, it's like... I was writing this shit down because like, I'm not going to remember who these like people Duratan. are. It's like Duratan. Sounds like a battery. <laughs> 
know what I mean? It's like, what's the other guy's like? I keep... Orgrim Doomhammer. You know, the guy's name is... What's his name? The lead guy? Lothar. Lothar. I Although keep, they said calling him an Andrew at one I point. Keep, I keep wanting to say Hogarth. <laughs> you know, they, after a while, they all sort of sound the same. You know, like Paula Patton's name, Garona, mm. sounds like fucking Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, yeah. I, I kept remembering it as my fair Garona. You know? Um, ben Foster, Medith. Medivh. M- Medivh. Yeah. I kept thinking of Midian. Uh, Midian, you know. <laughs> Cadgar, I wasn't confused because there's Cadgar. There's also a place that's Cad something, so I got them confused. A it's few just, times. it was just boring. Really, it was just boring as shit. You know, I was trying to be interested. I was really trying, and any time, th- all of the action felt like a game, like mm. a game from the fucking nineties. Oh, yeah. You know, and it. I it didn't just, get that. I thought that like some of the action was well. I mean, I thought that like the starting on the orcs is a good idea because you kind of grant them as humans, as characters, as real characters, and they're just having a human moment. And some other reviewer I wrote, I think it was even maybe Mark Camo talked about how just when an orc's just sitting there doing nothing, yeah. they're doing things like, you know, brushing at an ear or something like that, and they look fantastic. Yeah, yeah. No, and, I mean... And they seem, like, but they seem better characters as well. The other guys, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy, the main guy, Travis Fimmel is from Vikings, I believe. Yeah. But he's fucking wallpaper. But he's, he's horrible in this. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Vikings, but he's fucking horrible in this. And, you know, Duratan, you know, fucking Duracell, whatever, you know, when he's sitting... The, the, like, the best bit is when he's sitting down there with his friend, whose name I can't remember. Ogrim Doomhammer. You know, and he's just sort of, like, talking like, oh, do you remember we, when we were this and that and yeah. this and that? That was the best scene in the whole movie. <laughs> it was the best scene in the whole movie because that, that scene had everything. Visually, it was beautiful. The character design looked beautiful. The animation was beautiful and the character interaction And they're spending worked. all that money just to have two guys jawing about I the know. past. And that was the best scene. It felt the most real. And why do all the fucking orcs sound the same? Yes, I had because I knew... All, they all sound the same. You they, can't tell them apart. You got that big evil like uh, planet Hulk looking motherfucker. Yeah, you know? yeah. It was just like looked like the abomination. But like, they had a. I think he looked like he looked more like the Abomination than the Abomination. They had the credits, some of the credits at the beginning, right? Because I think I saw Clancy Brown's name, and then I couldn't tell which orc was him until the end credits. He's the um, black hand. Like I didn't know Doomsday was cameoing in this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they were better looking Doomsdays. They were better looking Doomsdays. They were. <laughs> I'll give you that. I did post my review on Facebook, and some uh, Warcraft fans were like talking about you know all these crazy long names. Like, oh no, he was in the background. Like, Felgris Begingmagung was over there in the background, and he was he was flanked by. Mr. Doom face and ugly tooth muster. You, you can almost see like, you know, Dominic Cooper going up to Ruth Negga and, and the, you can almost hear the two of them whispering into each other's ear, I can't wait to get back to Preacher. Yeah. You know? I think, I think maybe they've casted English, like proper Columbia English actors that might have worked a bit better. I don't know. I, I don't think the movie should have been made to be honest with you. Really? I, I enjoyed the action. I mean, I really thought like, it, <clears throat> in some of the long shots, the effects kind of broke down a little bit, but close-ups were great. Mm-hmm. If the movie had started where the orcs just attacked the first group where that axe just comes out of the fucking trees yeah. and wipes out two guys yeah that would have been a cool way the editing was super choppy as well do you notice that a bit yeah in the fight near the end they go from attacking Medivh to hiding under the golem for some reason and then all of a sudden Ben Foster or not Ben Foster the other guy Travis Fimmel's boots are stuck in the golem mm. you know what I mean there's like and that segment's ma- missing and that magician motherfucker yeah. what a what a what a sap <laughs> <laughs> what an annoying face <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and, uh, I couldn't and, see Ben Foster under all that hair. Yeah. No, no, I mean, the other guy. That, that fucking... That, that... The guy who... Oh, like, the young guy. The guy the discount, the, discount. Um, yeah, the guy who left, uh, left magic school, then went back. That was the only part that I, that I laughed, was when he went back, and it's like, you dare come yeah. back! <laughs> all these dudes. I, I, I all these just standing that. around. I laughed at that. There was a couple sitting next to me. I could feel the guy's <laughs> girlfriend planning her breakup <laughs> because he had dragged her to this piece of shit 
Uh, I you know, my wife hated it. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hate it. I was just I was just surprised by how bored I was. Yeah. I didn't think I don't. It's not. It's, it's not a bad movie. It's. It's not like. It's not like they went out guns blazing and made a fucking train wreck. Yeah. It's not a train wreck. It's just dull. I found the middle bit entertaining. The beginning and end were because at the beginning it's all like, oh, we haven't seen you in six years. Like we don't even know who these people are. We just we haven't seen, we haven't known them for six minutes for fuck's sake. But the middle bit where things are happening and stuff is being done mm. was interesting. But then the beginning and the end were just not good. I don't think I hated it. I didn't. I liked it more I than you did. I didn't. I didn't hate it. I was just bored. Yeah. You know, which is kind of worse. You know, it's like if you hate something, it's because they they, they, they did something that offended you. Yeah. It, this was a completely inoffensive, dull experience. Yeah. I, I, I didn't find it dull, but it wasn't great. I mean... And it was too long. Yeah. I mean, even with the, what, this 40 minutes cut? It's too damn long. I mean, like... I mean, you know, like, uh, what's her name? Like, Garona. Garona's, like, uh, human parent must have had some strong-ass genes. Because, <laughs> like, she doesn't... Look, that's, what, that's what a half-orc looks like. Like, I would have thought, like, I, like... It's more like a quarter orc. Yeah, you know, it's like, you know, just a smidge. Did you find there was a weird conversation between Medivh and her when he's talking about visiting other worlds and shit, and he's kind of implying that he's her dad? Yeah, I'm, I must have zoned uh, out. In the lore, that. it's not, because they have a baby in the, in the game, but together, apparently. But Garona and Medivh. Oh, they do? Yeah, like, Medivh's story goes on longer than it does in this. So they, they change a few things in the lore. Right, right, right. But, uh, yeah, it was kind of... It's just like, Duncan Jones probably just, like, it was probably one of these things where in a couple of years we'll find about all the interference he got. Or he's not as good as he was implied in Moon. No, I don't think I don't think this is Duncan Jones's fault. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's 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 not a great story. Yeah. It doesn't lend itself well. I mean, maybe as a series, but it doesn't lend itself well to a to to a movie franchise. Yeah. You know, I mean, if they wanted to do this, they should have done it as a series. I think because it is so expansive. Yeah. It's such a or, it's such a massive thing. Or they and, could have gone the other way because they were trying to tie off too many things. They could have gone the other way and done a smaller story that didn't actually impact on the overall events, like with characters that were new to the franchise, and that way it wouldn't have. They could have done more. Whereas, I mean, in this, they do kill motherfuckers, and there's a lot of slaying of children and babies and yeah, women and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But like, it feels weightless because like. You There's no ending. Yeah, the bad guy does not. The bad guy. The ending is a repeat. They have a two repeat. Like challenge the bad guy and then don't challenge, don't do anything. Yeah. But like that goes on. He goes on for I don't know how many more games. But yeah, you wanted to see him get his end. Yeah. His yeah. comeuppance. So that was annoying. Yeah. So it's doing bank in China. Oh yeah. Thank you, China. Mm. Thanks to China, we're probably going to get a sequel of this. You've already fucking ensured that we get a sequel to Pacific Rim. Mm-hmm. With John Boyega now cast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was a rumor, but apparently he is confirmed to be... Idris Elba's son. Idris Elba's son. What was his name? Stacker Pentecost? No. Pe- Pentecost. Pentecost Stacker. Stacker? Stacker Pentecost. Yeah. Uh, was it? Well, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Um, moving on, we'll do the speaking of sequels, The Conjuring Two. So I have to say, I haven't seen the first Conjuring still. Remember, I was. Oh, you haven't seen the first. No, conjuring? I remember when I was doing my Annabelle review, and I was I talked to you on the phone. That's about, right. What was the first movie. That's right. Had? That's right. <laughs> I didn't want to get caught out. Oh, you still haven't seen it between. The- I meant I was going to try watch it, but it was just too busy. I wanted to see it before I wanted to see it on Wednesday. Uh, I I really really liked Conjuring. I, yeah. th- I thought it was a very good horror film. Based on this, I'm definitely want to see the first one. I mean, do you think this one? Before we get into it, do you think this measures up to the first? What I saw uh, looked really good. Um, I mean, I got a funny story about this. I actually tried to see it today. All right. Before this podcast, uh, so I went to see it at TGV, mm-hmm. and um, so they're playing the trailers, and I noticed that there's something wrong. Is that one of the audio tracks isn't playing? Like the score is there, the background background noises are there, but there's no foley and there's no dialogue. dialogue. 
And uh, so I went out and said, um, "There's a you might want to check the audio. There's a problem with the trailers. Yeah. You know, if, it, if you know, just think, fix it now before the movie starts." Yeah. Um, movie starts. Sure enough, no dialogue track, no foley, just score and background chatter. Oh. So I saw, and you know, so I immediately ran out, bitched again. He said, "Okay," went back in. I watched about twenty minutes of it before yeah. I went and asked for a refund. Oh shit. Uh, but you know, I was reading the subtitles, so I kind of like, you know, see where it was going and all that, but yeah. it was a bizarre experience watching a movie with, um, Half the sound. no dialogue track and no Foley, yeah. you know? Uh, so just, 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 so it's all just like silence, silence, it's interpretive silence. dance. It's like silence, 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 ching, <laughs> you know, like fucking school, you know? And I got to say like 20 minutes of, uh, The Conjuring 2 with no dialogue track and no Foley was better than Warcraft. Warcraft. <laughs> <laughs> you can put that on the poster. <laughs> well, I'll get to my funny story about so the nice guy later. I'm, but I'm, I'm pissed. I wasn't, I wasn't the only one. I think like half the cinema left and got a refund. Oh yeah, fuck that. Um, there were still some people in there like just saying like, oh, maybe they'll fix it. Um, I'm sure they did eventually. Yeah, I know a movie like this, you have to have a Yeah, And you know, it was like The Conjuring 2. Uh, I was just like, mm, fuck. I mean, like even without the dialogue, I can tell that I'm, I'm going to love Enjoy this. Enjoy this, yeah. You know, so I'm like, uh, so I went to see it with some friends on Wednesday, and again, not having seen the first one, but having seen the bits of Annabelle, um, I already got into it and just got a big grin on my face. Well, firstly, my girlfriend is, she wants to see, she was the one who suggested she wants to see horror movies, and then she will scare herself shitless. She saw maybe 60% of the movie. Right. Because she was just staring at me or the wall, because once the scary music started and you knew there was a jump scare coming, mm -hmm. she was out. Mm -hmm. But she still liked it. Um, but I just was grinning because the jump scares were beautifully orchestrated you know i yeah. mean james james wine's a master yeah. um the, even in the he, he you know he's you look at you look at his movies the first saw uh insidious yeah i haven't seen insidious 2 but i hear it's not as good as insidious 1 insidious mm -hmm. 1 like really freaked me out uh, but then again I, I terrify easily i mean like i i love horror films but they scare the shit out of me i mean even the bad ones yeah <laughs> there was just some jumps in this where like you know the little girl is walking walking around the room and it's like the tv's not working and she's like she's wondering and you're waiting for it to happen and all of a sudden this old guy's face behind the tv is like my house and it's like <laughs> yes i fucking love that it was just i was like i was holding back because i knew like when we got out of the, the cinema she was saying like when i go home and i wash my face before i go to bed you have to just stand in the bathroom beside me i won't be able to do it and i was like i wanted to just go like you know my house janet where are you, Janet? You know, <laughs> to do all that shit after the movie. It's like, I can't do this. She will just be traumatized that she uh, won't sleep for the night. But I, I, it's got I, that. It's got a cool shit. And then it's like... I used to do shit like that to my brothers. And that's the reason why Duncan can't watch horror films. <laughs> Duncan would be walking up the stairs when he was a child. And I was like... Yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of that in this. There's some, just, there's some really great scares. There's some weird... It's very Babadookish in points. Mm. There's some weird moments with the... You know, the, the, I think you see at the beginning bit, you might see the... Um, what, Zeotrope? With the crooked man, yeah, yeah. Oh, the crooked man thing. There's a thing where a dog turns into that, and then like, which I don't think was the first movie like that. Was it overt? Uh, no. Yeah, because this has like the, the spook is there, the guy, or the old man thing is there, and there's also this creepy fucking nun thing. Yeah, yeah. There's a point with a picture where her, it's hanging on the wall, and the shadow of the nun goes behind it, and the hands come around, like real hands come around the frame, and it's mm -hmm. like, whoa, so good. Um, Patrick Wilson and Vera, Vera Farmiga, great. I think there's things tied up for the other movies where it's like, you know, there is, we have to stop this at some point because it's starting to affect us and there's demons after us and there's yeah. a, 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 a premonition of the future about Patrick Wilson's death. Um, which is brilliant because if you, when you watch it again and you see there's a scene 
in their in their house in America. It's the UK story. You probably I don't know the name. Uh, was it the Hodgson family? Yeah, yeah, Hodgson family. That's a real like I've, in, I remember in, seeing those in, photos in Enfield. In Enfield, I remember seeing those photos in um, in like you know when you get books of like unexplained phenomena as a kid, mm-hmm. and the photos of them like were they were they actually just jumping off the beds or were they levitating? Mm-hmm. Like they were like they, at the end of the movie they have real photos mixed with the fake ones. They they do the same thing with um yeah with the first one. Yeah, it's very cool. Um. So it was nice to be familiarized with it, but um, I did see uh, what was it Dan Dan Burden one one three eight who I talked to a bit on uh, uh, Twitter was talking about it, and he's like he would review it and give zero to five, utter fucking garbage. Oh wow! Uh, one of the things he says like horrendously cliched version of England that really ruined it. Never seen anything quite like it. I didn't find that at all. I found it really like, well. I, I didn't. I didn't see enough of it to yeah. to, to know if about the, the impression of England but it got it's got like you know with the facing off against the demonic forces near the end it's very much a kind of a poltergeist kind of vibe going on as well there's a scene where she has a vision of the main thing the bad thing right mm-hmm. not to say spoilers but if you watch in the background there's a hint there given I was like watching this like it's weird those things are there right. why are those things there and then later it makes sense to me and I was like grinning again like an idiot because the movie made me feel smart right. for like you know it's signposting a big plot point near the end Right, and I really like that. I just thought it's a horror movie that like plays with its audience and fucks with them, and it's just it was so much fun. I really I haven't been to a horror movie in the cinema in a long time. Like my ex wouldn't watch horror movies, mm-hmm. and I just found myself enjoying it massively. This is why I remember why I used to go see horror movies before The Ring ruined them for everything for me. <laughs> before Japanese horror movies made it just like instead of just being like you know the joy washing over you when the jump scare happens like there were people laughing in the cinema you know that yeah yeah like yeah, after yeah. the scare or Jesus yeah, Christ oh my god <laughs> and shit going on which is it adds to that kind of thrill ride feeling to it cool do you want to do uh, the do over yeah I'll do the do over really quick um, the do over is uh, I think the second film after the ridiculous six of uh, Adam Sandler's uh, deal six, first, six, six movie deal so, yeah deal with uh, Netflix and uh, this is about two childhood friends Adam Sandler David Spade uh, David Spade is this guy whose life just hasn't gone anywhere. Um, he meets the the movie starts at a high school reunion, and we get introduced to David Spade's character. He's a fucking loser, and uh, bumps into Adam Sandler, who is his old friend. Adam Sandler tells him he's an FBI agent. He believes him. <laughs> he's not. <laughs> um, and but they end up basically faking their own death and starting over. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and you know. Uh, assuming the identities of uh, two people who are already dead and just also inheriting their problems. Right. Um, you know, this movie is fucking terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Surprise, the bleeding prize. No, but the thing is, is that I okay, I hadn't seen any trailers. I didn't, I didn't know anything about it aside from the basic premise. Yeah. And the first, not not even ten minutes, like the first like seven or eight minutes of it, feel like. This is going to be one of the better ones. Right. Feels it feels like it's there's going to be one of the better Adam Sandler movies. And after the, after, I mean, but you know, with, with that same kind of like all of the Adam Sandler shit is still there. Women are fucking either angels or whores. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, there's some creepy it, shit going on with Spade and the female, his female lead, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, subs. I mean. It's all creepy. Yeah, it's just stupid. It's stupid and it's fucked up, and and it's basically Adam Sandler wants a vacation. Yeah, like uh, that. that <laughs> That'll be a better title. You know, any you've noticed this, like the last few movies that Adam Sandler has done, he's always on the characters always on vacation. They're always in some, and it's the same fucking thing happens in this. And it's basically Adam Sandler and David Spade, 
like jizzing over uh, material things. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at this mansion. Oh, look at this Ferrari. Oh, look at this money. Look like, at, you know. We all own this shit. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, and it's just, it's just fucking bad. Yeah. <laughs> like Adam Sandler has just lost it. Yeah. He's completely lost it. Like I, 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 there's, there's nothing, to, there's nothing redeeming about this. I mean, you got like, you know, you got fuck, fucking Sean Ashton turning up, uh, doing a good job actually. Yeah. But it's like, how did he get? How did he get in this? Why is Luis Guzman in this? <laughs> you know, Catherine Bell from fucking Jag. She turns up in this and does disgusting things. Michael Chiklis is in it. Michael Chiklis is in it, and I do not know why Michael Chiklis is in it. <laughs> it's a nothing part, like nothing part. Weird. Like there's, there's, I cannot, I'm, I can't understand what, what was the deal with Michael Chiklis. Paycheck. Yeah, but even then, I mean, like, do you really need a paycheck this badly? Yeah. He turns up, tries to beat up David Spade, gets shot in the legs, and then just screams throughout the entire movie. <laughs> Not not entire movie, like the rest of the scene. Yeah. He's not in the rest of the movie, so it's like, what? what why? Why? That's bizarre. It's you know, I mean, uh, Netflix must be so fucking regretting this deal. Yeah, well, you've 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 made the deal make sense for them because you clicked up one view on their stats. Well, I didn't, you know, I mean, even Ridiculous Six, I saw the trailer for that. It's like Jesus Christ, this looks, <laughs> this looks like, you know, the world is ending. The movie that the Indian nation basically said that it, yeah. this this allowed this this about. Similar to your um, Conjuring 2 story, I have a story about... Uh, go and see the there nice... Is, okay, oh. there is one funny thing. Uh-huh. Is that because Adam Sandler does things out of the blue, and there are a couple of moments where David Spade just goes, What the fuck? <laughs> and that's pretty funny. David Spade's good at that. He's, what the fuck? Joe Dirt. <laughs> like, David Spade's doing a pretty good Michael J. Fox impersonation in this film. Oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? <sighs> um, so, similar to your... Um, Country story. I have a similar story about going to see the nice guys, but in reverse. Right. Uh, I originally thought, you know, um, my girlfriend again wanted to see my stupid boss, and I thought, you know, we should review more locally produced movies mm-hmm. on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So before, without checking, we just went to see it. And when it starts, the main character speaks of Bahasa Indonesia. Mm-hmm. So my girlfriend's Indonesian. She's happy with that. Mm-hmm. And some characters outside speaking in Malaysian. The subtitles are Malaysian, and there's a guy in the apartment speaking English. Twenty minutes in, when the, everyone's speaking Malaysian, there's no English subtitles. Right. And then, like, a Chinese character turns up and is just like, very quickly, like, it's an interview process, and like, the people coming out of the interview are just like, you know, off screaming at the interviewer. And um, there's no English subtitles for any of that, and there's no Bahasa Indonesia subtitles either. So we we're like, the Malaysians were loving the fucking movie, but I saw Sean Mays, like, waved it on screen, and then I was like, yeah, I think we're out. <laughs> I think we can't handle this. So luckily, there was a screening of the nice guys coming up just after, and it wasn't too packed, so we went straight across to that. Um, it's a really weird film for. Uh, TGV to pick up to distribute here. Right. Because, you know, they're picking it up to distribute it, and so their branding is at the beginning of the movie. Because it's a movie about the 70s and a private dick and, a, and basically a, you know, a, heavy, a heavy kind of teaming up to find this girl who's gone missing. Is, that is it very censored? Um, a little bit. And it's, some of that is where the, weird, where the weirdness comes in. Because there's a, there's a big sec, sec, segment of the film that starts and it, it takes place at a porn magnate's house. And it's the 70s, so like, there's naked chicks everywhere and all sorts of depraved acts going on, but they're all cut. And like, even the opening scenes of the movie has, ah, it's the kid from some fucking thing, what was it? It's the kid from some other movie, like, sneaking a a copy of Playboy from his dad. And as he's walking through the house, he opens it, and there's a very quick cut, and then all of a sudden the car comes through the house. 
But like, you know, it's that kind of thing. So there is like, you know, sex is is, is part of the makeup of this movie. Like it's about a, a porn star well, gets murdered. Well, just based on the trailer, it, it looks like, yeah, you know, no, it, it, no it, point watching a censored version of this. Yeah, it's like there's a porn star, shit happens to a porn star and there's a porn movie involved and these guys got to figure it out. And watching it, you know, it is, I was watching it going like, oh, Shane Black's managed to do a film that has no Christmas elements. There at the end, <laughs> but it's a really good, you know, really cool '70s movie. It looks like a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. Like the, Ryan Gosling is a complete fucking idiot in this, which is really I, good. I, I hear Ryan Gosling's great in this. Uh, Russell Crowe is great as well. Like he gets a lot more heart to it. Um, Matt Bomer's pretty good. I was trying to figure out who the fuck he was. He's the guy from uh, White Collar, right? How's uh, Kim Basinger in this? Kim Basinger's good, but she's a very small part. Right, She's, right. It's more like an extended cameo. Like Keith it, David's yeah. in it as uh, Keith David and who's the other? There's this other dude. Oh, who the fuck was it? This is I think it's Keith David and Bo Knapp. They're like two hit, kind of two henchmen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I just seen I seen Keith David on screen. It's fucking awesome. You know, Keith, Keith David is just class. Yeah, he's he a legend. Always himself. always adds a nice bit of class to any cast list he's on. But there's elements that make you understand why it's set in the '70s because like you know Russell Crowe beats the shit out of some people and he just goes home. These days you'd be fucking <laughs> googled and they'd be <laughs> yeah, waiting yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, the good old days. Mm. And actually finding someone who doesn't want to be found is actually quite hard back then. Mm-hmm. So that's why Russell Crowe needs Ryan Gosling. Um, he just gets the shit kicked out of him repeatedly. There's a lot of, there's like, like, I think he's, does he get shot or he's just like, oh, he's gotten beaten up or something. Oh, he's, he rolls down hills. He just, oh, he's shit faced. He's trying to drive a car after somebody and he just kills him as well. There's just a lot of nice, nice bits. I want to watch it again in the full uncut version when it eventually gets, get a copy of it. But hugely enjoyable. Very funny. Um, like, I'm just, Laugh out loud, funny. Cool. Yeah. It was very good. Finishing off our reviews of the week then, out today, uh, is Finding Dory. Keep this spoiler free, because... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. They're all spoiler free. Mm-hmm. Mostly. We just said there's no ending to... The, the fact that there's no ending to Warcraft isn't really a spoiler. No, not really. Um, so I, Finding Dory I'm takes... I hear there wasn't an ending to the game either. Yeah. So <laughs> Finding Dory takes up a year after the first movie. Marilyn, Dory, and Nemo are all living together. Them and they were an Eminem and me. Mm-hmm. They're in a little cave, you know, and you get an idea of the awkwardness of that because she wakes up early, she's like, Nemo, or, you know, Marilyn, and he's like, no, Dory, don't come into the anemone, you'll get stung, go out again. He's like, okay, go to sleep. In again, stung again. And yeah. It's like, all right, I guess we're off now, kids. And a random thing happens and it triggers a memory. Mm-hmm. And she remembers her parents. Right. So, um, instead of P. Sherman, 42 Wallaby Way, Sydney, as the, the track, they have something else, the jewel of the, the, the Pacific or something like that. So this other thing they got to go looking for. They skip out the kind of whole open ocean aspect of it because it's a, the place where she was was near a wildlife rescue and rehabilitation center, when else in Aquarium. So when they get there, they get split up. And when they get there as well, there's a great, weird kind of reunion of Idris Elba and um, McNulty. What's uh, his name? Dominic West. Dominic West playing two seals who are obsessed with this rock. And there's a seal behind them who looks just like one of the crazy penguins from Madagascar who's got like crazy eyebrows and doesn't say anything. Mm-hmm. And every time he tries to get on their rock, they're just like, so what you want to do is, especially with Richard Selva, like you want to get inside, you should be able to get inside through the pipes. Off, 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 off. So, and then when you're in, once you're inside, it should be quite easy to get through the whole place. You know what I mean? <laughs> just constantly doing this shit. The side characters, I think, are the best thing about this movie. Um, there's... Uh, the other one there's like even at the beginning I think it's Kate McKinnon and Bill Hader turn up as just two fish and it's a, it's a cool thing they always do in these movies where the background fish seem like they've got an entire life of their own yeah, going yeah, on yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's like it's a flashback to Baby Dory which is one of the cutest fucking things you'll ever see this little tiny fish with giant eyes saying I have memory problems 
I have memory problems. And like, that's super cute. And that runs throughout as Dory remembers different things. And it's, once they get split up, there's a whole ticking clock with a truck that's going to a aquarium, which is the, the sweet life for one character played Ed O'Neill's octopus. Mm-hmm. He just wants to sit in a fucking tank and be left alone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know those Pixar rules, the storytelling rules? A couple of years ago, someone did the tweet about the 22 rules of storytelling. I think it was number 19 stuck in my head, which was, it's okay for coincidence to get your characters into trouble, but not out of. Yeah. I find this movie broke that rule too much for me to be to enjoy it. Right. Like whenever they need to, you know, there's a lot, they can get from tank to tank in the aquarium through the pipes, mm-hmm. but whenever they need to move from one place to another, Ed O'Neill's there with a coffee cup or something like that that can helpfully get them around. So kind of, you know, some of it feels a little unearned. And when, you know, it's actually a plot point, what would Dory do? Right. And would you know where she just storms off? Or kind of just flies off. Yeah, doing that works out for them so many times that it starts to feel a little lightweight and like there's no, you know, they're not going to have, you know, Nemo's not going to suffocate on a fucking sidewalk. But yeah, there's <laughs> some sense of danger to this shit, right? <laughs> be really as I, I go, as, I go as, the, <laughs> as directed by what's the German guy uh, that Mark Kermode uh, hangs out with all the time? What? Werner Herzog. Werner Herzog. Yeah, that'd be Werner Herzog's Finding Dory, and Zen's a fish. I'd go over twelve percent for that. Huh? I'd go over twelve percent for that. Over twelve percent. Oh, <laughs> I'd watch that. Yeah, <laughs> I recently rewatched um, most of Finding Nemo. Yeah, and I enjoyed it more this time than I did. You didn't enjoy it when it came out? No, I wasn't a fan. Really? No, I didn't see what the big deal was. I mean, I didn't dislike it. Yeah. I, I, you know, I rated it the same as Monsters Inc. I mean, like, yeah, okay, solid movie. I don't see why everyone's you know falling over it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I enjoyed it more this time no because this um i feel the same the way you did initially like i just it didn't like the first one you know the pixar twist in the first one right um got me you mm-hmm. know when they think that they've lost an email and all that shit i mean at that point it hadn't become the trope it is now where you know in the third act you're going to think that everything is lost it's not fucking toy story going into the <laughs> toy story 3 going into the smelter kind of thing mm-hmm. but it didn't have that and as a result it felt just too lightweight for me like it needs to have the fact that it's all restricted to one area as well. Mm. I mean, you don't have the sharks, you don't have the mines, you don't have I've, the anglerfish. I've, I've uh, read a couple of reviews that have pointed that out. That, um, that, that works against it. There's a brain damaged beluga who's pretty funny, and uh, you find out like things tie into the first movie, like why Dory speaks whale. Right. That, okay. that, that ties up nicely. Right. Um, Ed O'Neill's great as this grumpy fucking um, octopus because for a while he was a uh, septopus. He's the last one. Like for a while he was me in the movie where he wants to get one thing off Dory. And he has to keep fucking telling her every 30 seconds because her mind gets distracted and she forgets. Mm-hmm. And he has to go through the whole rigmarole over again. And while fair dues to Ellen DeGeneres, you can see that it's annoying for the other characters but doesn't quite get to the point it's annoying for the audience. It was a little bit grating for me. Right. Like having Marilyn, you know, it was like Marilyn got a little wearing in the first but only a little bit. If you do go see this movie, wait till after the credits. I think the thing where it kind of feels like it's skewed younger for me was during the credits, otherwise you usually have like the voiceover and the outtakes and everything. This has... Um, the octopus character is hiding somewhere. Can you spot him before he, he comes to life? And then right, like, right. waggles his eyebrows or something at you. Right. Um, but after that, some characters from the first, because the credits roll and you see like the names of certain characters, like they weren't in the movie. Did I miss them? Were they in the background somewhere? I didn't hear any of these voices. Some characters from the first movie turn up and it's pretty fucking funny. Right, okay. Um, so, I mean, it's worth seeing, but I just, it didn't, it bodes ill for Toy Story 4, The Incredibles 2. I don't really give a mm. shit about Cars 3. Yeah. But like, it's hard to, to Toy go Story, back. I mean, Toy Story 4 is a bad idea. Yeah. And considering this is the same director as the first movie. Yeah. Um, it worries me slightly. But I'm probably, I might be wrong because uh, the initial reviews I'm seeing online seem to fucking love it. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's very well reviewed. I mean, everyone, like all of the reviews 
for the most part, seem to agree that it's it does, it's not as good as the first. Yeah, but it's still good. I should say also as well. Um, who's it? Dan Keaton and Eugene Levy are Dory's parents in flashbacks and stuff. And there is a nice thing there of raising a child with disabilities. Right. Like they never get frustrated. They come up with all these ways to help her. But like, there is nice that there is no magic ending here. Dory will never get over her memory problems. But it's the people around her who have to adjust their lives to help her as much as possible. And they, and they can, because if they help her as much as possible, she can do whatever she wants to do. That's a really nice lesson, but I just thought the movie wasn't entertaining enough to support it. Alright, fair enough. So, that is the end of our podcast. Don't forget... That is the end of our podcast, is it? Yes. <laughs> Don't forget to go to greenroom136.com and use the discount code MACYAP10 to get your 10% discount. You can find Gavin on at GavYap and at GavYap77 on Instagram. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yes. You can find me... Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> and you can find Ian on Twitter and Instagram on McNasty Prime. And if you have an Xbox One, you can find me on Overwatch, uh, an Xbox playing Overwatch at McNasty Prime as well. Um, you can listen to, if you listen to us on iTunes, it'd be great if you go to iTunes and give us a link. Um, if you listen to this for the first time, we're, you can listen on the website. We have, we're on Stitcher. Um, you listen to the website. And yeah, thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, and email us at podcast at Bye. Bye. <laughs>